What's up, everybody? Metal Dave Glessner here, along with my co-host Jason McMaster, bringing you another episode of the Talk Louder podcast. Uh, today, we are looking back at 2023. It's our annual year in review episode. I always enjoy doing these. Um, invariably, I leave somebody out or some memory out because we're just so blessed to have so many great uh, guests on the show and just a lot of great rock and roll memories over the course of 12 months. Uh, but we do dig up some highlights and uh, reminisce a little bit about some of the fun we've had this past year on the Talk Louder podcast. And, uh, you know, we're talking favorite episodes or memorable guests, I should say. Uh, we touch on some concerts. We talk about the Kiss Farewell. And uh, I go on about a great gig that I saw at the end of 2023 a band called Fugitive. Well, there's I, a lot to be, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to think about. Reflection of great episodes is basically why uh, we do these year-end wrap-ups. I feel like we did one last year that was cool, but it wasn't respectfully done. I feel like as like an embrace, to embrace how much fun this actually is. Um, and, you know, have our own minds blown just by, you know, we get to fanboy out on some cool shit. Yeah. And I, uh, I like the, that. I think one of the things I enjoy about the year end is that we get to, as you say, step back and look at it as spectators on the sidelines. We're not caught up in the actual conversation with the guests anymore. We're not caught up in the preparation for the episode. Yeah. To look back and just go. Dang, dude, we yeah. had one so on the show. That well, was hold on, awesome. well. Hold on a second. I want to give <laughs> I want to give a, a a shout out to Rob Chavez. You may know him from Rob's Metal Works yes, in San Antonio. Yes. He yeah. commented on a post the other day, and he actually did a little year end wrap up inadvertently. He wasn't even trying to say anything other than fine body of work this year, my friends. I believe I to paraphrase his quote. I saw that. Yes. Thank you, Rob Chavez, for Thank saying you. that because I, I stepped back and I was like, well, he's kind of right. Holy shit. You know, yeah. so I'm glad. And that by the way, that's coming from a very credible source. Rob has had yeah. his own oh, yeah. cable television metal yeah. show in San Antonio for years and years and years. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, so he 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 mingles with with uh, with cool rock and roll folk and carries a microphone in his pocket just like we do. Yeah. Now he's, you know, yeah, he's very respectable. And uh, yeah. for him to say something like that on just our silly little show here is that's something. And when he said that, I was like, damn. And I may have responded to him. I, I pretty, I think I did. Thanks, bro. You know, but yeah. this is more legit. Uh, so thanks, Rob, for, for noticing that and reminding us that we actually did did some, had some cool shit going on, which also made me may have uh, prompted me to to reminded me that hey we need to do a year end wrap up. This was pretty rad year. So yes, it was. Um, yeah, and you know what? This episode probably didn't need one of this little intros. We could have just started and going, hey, what's up? Badass year we had, but. I didn't want to kind of break the mold yeah. Yeah. of what it is that we have going on. Our routine seems to be uh, a, ha a happy uh, vibe and, and process. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's if really, it broke, really cool. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't bother fixing it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for checking us out. And, uh, this is our 2023 year end wrap up on the talk louder podcast. So welcome to our 2023 year in review, Jason. I can't believe we've been doing this now for going on three years in February. We are a few weeks away from hitting our third year anniversary. Uh, this episode is airing in early January. Um, so in early February, we're going to hit the three year mark and, uh, I never thought we'd see that happen. Yeah, you can't <laughs> foresee any kind of podcast future. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> I mean, I you know, you just don't know. You don't know shit. And um, we fell into some really great moments this year. Absolutely. Or in 2023, right? Correct, yeah. Um. The funny thing is, is it's, as we tape this, it's, it's not even mid-December, but we had time to do our wrap up and I want to do it. We kind of did one last year and I thought it was real cool. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do this no matter what. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's not even mid-December and we haven't even aired possibly some of my favorite guests or, or favorite episodes, if you will, they haven't even aired yet. Like possibly. in the next couple of weeks, there's some really cool stuff coming. Yes. yes. So, I mean, I feel like it's okay to talk about today because this won't air until after <laughs> these will have already, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, we're already back to the future. See what I did? We're already <laughs> As in. if it wasn't confusing enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about anything we want. Uh, obviously, uh, I've got a few milestones I'd like to acknowledge for 2023. Number one, of course, I, I want to thank our viewers and our listeners. I can't believe we're in the pushing our third year of doing this. And uh, we couldn't do it without you. I know it sounds cheesy. I know it sounds like a cliche. But trust me when I tell you that Jason and I would not put in the time every week to make this happen on a weekly basis if we didn't enjoy the feedback and the fact that you're out there listening and commenting and appreciating the show. And uh, we do it as much for ourselves as for anyone, but it sure is fun to know uh, that there's other people out there that enjoy it. So uh, a shout of gratitude to all of our viewers and listeners from 2023 and previous and moving into the future. And this is where Jared would add in crowd noise and like whistles and like yeah. all kinds of, this yeah, is where he would the, go, go to the, between the songs on kiss alive. I was just going to steal the audience and like throw it in there. You know? Yeah. Pipe in kiss alive to applause. <clears> sure. Please. But seriously, uh, Kiss Alive I, 3, maybe anything, anything besides crickets, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that's what we got right now. Yeah. 
but I, I think it's uh I think we owe it to everyone to say to say thank you for uh keeping us motivated and for you know leaving your likes and comments and subscribing and chiming in with your comments and things like that. Uh we do enjoy having you along for our ride, as goofy as it can be sometimes. I also want to thank our web designer, Scott Moon. If you haven't noticed, our website was completely redesigned in 2023, thanks to our good buddy, Scott Moon. He is a talented web designer, graphics designer guy, a super sweet guy, really cool dude. And if you haven't been Moon to our Ray. website- Moonray Designs. Moonray Designs. Look him up if you need web work or anything of the like. Uh, Scott is uh, a super cool guy, and he came to us and said, hey- you know, let me know if you want to refresh your website. You've had the same kind of look and feel for a couple of years. And he threw out some ideas and we bounced some things off of him and boom, he made it happen. So if you haven't been to talklouderpodcast.com in a while, go revisit it. It's got a whole new look. It looks amazing. And there is a page that has that lists links to all of our previous episodes. I think we're up to about 170, 175 guests you're going to find somebody in there that you want to listen to and watch uh, if you missed them the first time or watch them again. There's a lot of great episodes worth re-watching re as well. Yeah, it's, it can be as fun as watching paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason is now our publicist. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, well, I want to thank you, Dave. Because uh, there are some episodes where I'm sitting there, sitting on my thumb. <laughs> and um, I appreciate you, uh, your research and the way that you handle, uh, you know, keeping it going as best you can. Because you, you prod and pry information and i feel like a correct way that i don't really i'm i'm more or less coming at our guests when we have guests coming at it from a fan's point of view and that's hard for me to not do sure and i, I know that same. i know that you're in the same boat i think yeah, that absolutely. you are coming from the same place as i am when i say that but true um it's important for me to acknowledge your uh, you know, I'm 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 waiting for you to hang up your diploma of journalism or whatever you call it on the wall behind you, but you don't seem to have that displayed. It's not rock and roll enough. There's too much rock and roll in the way, as you can see. Does rock and roll get in the way? Is that what you're saying? I think life <laughs> in gets in the way of rock and roll. Not in this house. Yeah. No, rock and roll is kind of number one in your house. I mean. You're hanging skulls and rock and roll shit in the kitchen. So <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I've, I've said it all along. I think we make a pretty good team. Uh, if people watch, if people have seen, if, you know, a few episodes, they know what I mean. Yeah. You're keep, you're keeping the train on the rails the whole time. I'm good at interrupting. Uh, I'm good at talking over everybody. Uh, apparently I am. <laughs> and, uh, 
Thank you. We're okay. all guilty. Thank you. Yeah. But um, let's uh, let's get into to talking about some of our episodes that we had in 2023. Yeah, David, I, I want to I, I do that. But yeah. but real quick before we do that, since we're giving credit where credit is due, another shout of thanks to our producer, Jared Tootin, who has kept this thing afloat for three years. Uh, we say it every year. This is all his fault, folks. So if you don't like us, send your hate mail to Jared Tootin. That's Jared Tootin. <laughs> this was all his he's idea. Gonna, he's going to appreciate you saying his name 20 times. Because you know, well, people people are people are good at playing that video game, the internet, where you can look anybody up. Yeah, so. well, well, we we owe a lot to Jared. Uh, he keeps us on track. He he handles the technical side of this thing. He handles the behind the scenes stuff. This whole thing was his idea in in the beginning. Uh, I think we've said that before. But uh, he is as much a part of this team as as me and Jason. This this team is a is a three man band. And he's kind of trained us. It's a power trio. And he didn't you he kind of see he, Jason or you don't see Jared and you don't hear him, but he's always there. But you kind of he kind of trained us, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. I mean, yeah. we didn't know anything about podcasting. Well, he, and we were trying to, you know, we were we were just kind of goofing a little bit and winging it and make, we still do that because, yeah. man, if it's over scripted. It's just not good. Uh, yeah. Some food for thought. I had a show on public access for a while called the, oh God, what was it? The hard show. That's what it was called. And I was like a VJ. I would, I would talk about bands and video. And I had a few guests every once in a while. It wasn't a great show. I don't know if any of it's on YouTube. Um, and, you know, I interviewed a, a people, a, a few bands. I interviewed like Children of Bodom and a couple other people. And, you know, it, it was a recorder, you know, a camera and, a, you know, it, that kind of a thing. It was, it was horrifying. But I found out th through that experience, I found out that every time I sorted my early episodes when I was doing that, I scripted. I would write out stuff that I wanted to mention and talk about in verbatim. I would read stuff. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Jason, and you're watching The Hard Show. That's what it, that's, I'm not even exaggerating. That's what it came off to me. I mean, of course, when I watched it, I knew I was reading, but I swear, I looked like I was reading. <laughs> and I wasn't technically, you know, holding the paper up in my face and reading it, but it sounded like I was fucking reading it. Yeah. So I stopped doing it. And I just had PowerPoints and I knew who was going to be. I knew I had a list of videos. Yeah, up next we got, you know, whatever. And I would, they would play and I'd come back. Hey, what's up? You know, and I would just totally wing it and hang out. So much cooler of a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, lessons learned often come from things that you won't do again, you know? So uh, I'm as new as this as you are maybe yeah. newer. I mean, as far as broadcasting, I've done print journalism for a long, long time, but. Yeah. It's but, different uh, when you shove, have to shove a microphone in your face and actually perform. Exactly. In, in a way it's not really performing, but you know, it within some, some kind of guideline. You got to keep a conversation rolling and that's not that, always easy. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and you're, yeah. you're, you're entertaining. You want to, you want to have a story to tell and you want to, 
uh, be good at doing that, whatever that might be to get that across. Yeah. Um, I want to throw a shout out and a thank you to the Bat Lord. Yes. Stuart Lawrence. Yes, indeed. Who found the cool font that is our logo. Yeah. He put together uh, that little video you see at the, at the top of every episode, which is really awesome. It's still awesome. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine right, right now us having a new one, a different one. I really, really like it. And it, he just went, went wing ding, threw it together. That's Jared, Jared Tootin. Here we go again. Uh, who created that song, wrote that little song that's that that's Jared. Yes. And uh, it's pretty awesome still. So I'm pretty yeah. proud of that part of it. And I'm just glad that we were able to have resources to just, you know, hey, man, sure, here you go. And boom, we have this badass intro uh, thing that we still use all the time. And it's yeah. still, it's real basic. I mean, other podcasters, I bet, see it and go, eh, whatever. But because they, they can see it and go, oh, that was made, that was made with this application and that's recorded on this. And sounds right. like they're using blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't fuck you. I don't care if you're more <laughs> badass than we are. I'm right. saying, I'm saying I didn't have to do shit. I just called up my buddies and went, Hey man, can you make me a fucking thing? And they went, sure, boom, and it was fucking done. They went, you're doing a podcast. <laughs> well, once they got over that, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> Let's talk about an episode that happened in yeah. 2023, man. What do you got? So anyway, big thanks to Stuart, Jared, and our our listeners and viewers. Uh, episodes in 2023, man. I feel like we uh, we hit a bunch of home runs towards the later part of the year. And and we should talk about them, but I also don't want to forget some of the some of the guests we had at the early part of 2023. I went back and took a look and and I found some people that I remember being really, really cool. Uh, but um, you know what? In fact, I'll kind of start from the beginning of the year because yeah, a lot of folks are going to remember some of the more recent stuff. I'll tell you a guy that really surprised me, and I think he surprised you. And I thought it was one of the coolest episodes we had all year was Mike Tramp from White Lion. He was fun. He was so much fun. And I wanted <laughs> him on the show because he had an album to promote. And I knew that his name would ring bells with our audience, of course. And I'm a fan. So uh, that checks a bunch of boxes right there. But I didn't know what to expect from him as a guest i never interviewed him in uh in the past and he turned out to be so cool and chill and fun and his stories were great his personality was amazing and he stood out to me as one of the coolest guests and he is not somebody that i necessarily would say you know 12 months later that i'd look back and go man mike tramp was one of my favorites but he absolutely was well wow. Yeah, I, I, he was fun, and uh, I do remember it very well. Uh, and I'm, he's, you know, I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, sticking to the game and and uh, you know, being relevant and playing some shows and and just being Mike Tramp, whether he's playing White Lion tunes or other stuff. Uh, these acoustic gigs that he's doing, or whether it's a full band. 
I thought it was cool. Yeah. Having him just come on and talk about it and hang out uh, because he was just kind of a dude. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I had my, uh, all I had to go, I'd never met him before. I had right. met his guitar player, the white lion guitar player. What's his name? Vito Brada. That's right. Yeah. Uh, killer guitar player. Met him when uh, the toys yeah. were doing press in New York and he was just at, the label hanging out, sitting at a table. And I was like, dude, what's up? That was about it. But he, I had never met Mike. Uh, yeah. And he was super nice. And it wasn't like this pretty boy, you know, who's, who's like as a screamer. He's like a crooner more, isn't he? Yeah. He's more of like He's a, got a silky voice, man. He's yeah, definitely. Yeah, He can sing yeah. with a fry vocal, you know, like a, some kind of grit, but it's natural and he doesn't yeah. really, uh, He's not pretentious. Not I at think all. That he's mean. He means it. And so I respect that. Yeah, he was great. I mean, blew me away. Anyone watching or listening, I strongly encourage you to go back and look up the Mike Tramp episode. We had such a great time with him. And the thing that I, I remember a couple things about the episode. Number one, uh, I happened to be wearing a Thin Lizzy T-shirt. And right at the start of the episode, he reached over and grabbed a statue of Phil Lennett that a fan had given him. And he went on about it. And it turns out that Phil uh, is one of his favorite songwriters because of that whole storyteller sort of vibe. Yep. And he, he went on about that. And it was really insightful and, and really cool. And if you think about White Lion songs, um, a lot of them have a message. It's not just, I mean, as good looking as Mike was on MTV and as many girls as he had swooning around him. I mean, the lyrics to Little Fighter and When the Children Cry, those are relevant messages. They're intelligent messages. Um, so he gets that from Phil Lennett and Bob Dylan to a degree, he said. Yeah. Um, so I just thought it was really cool. He was a much deeper guy than I thought. And I, the other thing I remember is as we were wrapping up, he said he wanted a Dangerous Toys t-shirt. Well, I need, I better get on that because it's been a year. Yeah, you're, you better get on that. So let's move forward. I want to yeah. go ahead. I want to jump all around. Um, you know, I my attention span is kind of short these days like everybody else. But this, but um, I do recall the more recent uh you know, episodes that we've done. George Lynch, I know we've talked about him quite a bit, but his episode, once again, just like Tramp, I had no idea what to expect. Right. I didn't know if he was going to be harsh or, you know, snooty or didn't want to be there, but he was funny. Yeah. And he was chill and he was cool. And uh, I really liked it. For those, mainly those reasons, and his stories were off the chain. Yes. So yeah. we pulled a lot out of him. Memorable. And, and he was, uh, yeah, definitely one of the more memorable uh, guests in 2023. And I didn't know what to expect either. As you said, you, you know, you could think that he might come across as pretentious or high strung or uptight or whatever. Uh, but he, he he had such a sarcastic deadpan sense of humor that it's like at one minute you didn't know if he was joking and then at the other you know a second later you realize he just pulled one on you and it was hilarious and then when you asked him a question that had some depth to it 
instead of shutting it down or blowing it off, he really went deep and we got great information out of him. Yeah, it was good. On some subjects that, you know, he could have thought as being sensitive and maybe didn't want to go there, but he was very forthcoming and a lot of fun. I mean, I think when you and I got done with him, we texted each other and we were like, I didn't know what to expect, but that guy just had me rolling, man. Yeah. He was a lot of fun. George Lynch for sure. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. What else you got? Um, Well, 2023 also marked the year that we got two of my heroes on the podcast. Uh, We had Tracy guns twice And we finally got Tammy down, who anyone who knows me knows what a big fan I am of Tammy. Uh, And both guys were super, super cool, super, super chill. And Tammy, I've been chasing for a while. And I was worried that once we finally got him, uh, I was going to find out that the reason he was so elusive is because he maybe didn't have much to say. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. He sat down with us and started talking and it was like three bros at a barbecue. And he was a lot of fun. And he led us to believe that we may very well finally expect possibly a full album of Faster Pussycat material in 2024 because he was hard at work when we had him on the show uh, mixing tunes and uh, so and 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 speaking in in a way that led us to believe that he's secretly cooking something. So I hope that turns out to be true. I loved having him on the show. Uh, I know that you've had some history with him. Oh, yeah. And in the very same breath, Tracy Guns, one of my heroes, uh, he was kind enough to be on the show twice, uh, once to talk about L.A. Guns, of course, and then the second time to talk about his side project, Blackbird Angels. Um, Tracy... (laughs) Tracy was a lot of fun. And we got that second episode because another one of the highlights of my year was going to see L.A. Guns in Houston in late August. And those guys showed me one of the best times I've ever had at a rock show in my life. Uh, Me and my buddy Buzz ended up hanging out on their bus and talking and drinking and just hanging out all night. They sent me on my way with a bottle of autographed Jack Daniels. And during that conversation... I asked Tracy if he would join us again on the show, and he is a man of his word, so he did. Really enjoyed having him. Well, I'm glad that he is uh, enabling you and Buzz to act like you're 20 years old again. Absolutely. Okay, good. That's important, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all busy enough being middle-aged men. It's nice to go back and be a little uh, less responsible and and just kind of focus on the rock and the good time and and all the guys in L.A. Guns, Johnny Martin's my boy. He's the guy that kind of kicks things off for me. Uh, but thanks to Johnny, I've gotten to know uh, the rest of the guys in the band. What about Sean? You hang with Sean a little bit? I do not know Sean that well. Um, I saw him briefly that night, um, but I don't really know him that well. He's a guy we need to get on the podcast. He's a good dude. Yeah. We've had his brother on, so we should have him on. Yes, his brother is Jeff Duncan. For those who don't know, Jeff is the uh, one of the guitar players in Armored Saint. And Sean has been around for a number of years and is uh, currently uh, the drummer for L.A. Guns. So. so on that note, <clears throat> we had Joey Vera. Yes. And I think he completed the is that right? Was he uh, was he the. The last member of Armored Saint. Well, we... it was a year ago. I, I this this month, 
a year ago, I, w- I had just finished up, you know, mid-November or whatever, doing that trek with Armored Saint. Right. And then we had Joey on, I want to say, sometime January, like early year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the one of the first episodes we had in the new year. I don't know the date. That's right. Doesn't matter, but he was always good. And, uh, man, he's a, he's a busy guy. I can't even count all of the projects that he's busy with on one hand. So. Yeah. Oh, they won't fit on one hand. Right. <laughs> on that note, moving, moving, you know, re- and related, uh, the King, Brian Slagle. That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes, because as you probably hear me say 10,000 times, what he's done for rock music in general and heavy yeah. metal specifically, uh, he changed the world. He changed the way that uh, young rockers feel about uh, music when they collect it, when they buy it, when they search for it. Um, you know, uh, fanzines and record stores and, you know, uh, posters, you know, posters and records and, posters and records and in cassettes oh my you know uh he is he is uh god he's like one of the last moguls you know yeah uh, right. to I, to keep the flame lit right right brian slagle of course the ceo and founder of metal blade records uh yeah. which we all owe a huge debt of gratitude to that roster uh, he's the first guy to put out a commercial recording of Metallica. So yep. there's that among many, many, many other things. I really enjoyed that episode too. He is a a really interesting guy, obviously very bright, uh, obviously very passionate about what he does. And I love to see a guy like that succeed at the level he's succeeded at because basically he's following his passion and he's doing it with a work ethic that just doesn't sleep. So uh, those two things put together and, and he's dealing with a relatively, a relatively uh, a style of music. That's not the, doesn't have the broadest commercial appeal. Yeah. So when you're talking about Lizzie Borden and armored saint, and you go back to the days of Slayer and Metallica and, and things like that, uh, that's that's Brian Slagle, and he's still doing it today. <laughs> and he's done very well for himself, and he's done very well for the bands that he's uh, that he's helped launch. And so, what a success story! I learned a lot listening to him and talking to him, and I really enjoyed that episode as well. Yeah, that's one of that's got to be one of my favorites for sure. Totally. Yeah. And you know who goes hand in hand with that episode? Since one episode sort of leads to the others, I really enjoyed having DJ Will on the show. Yeah. He was um, a guy also. He's one of my oldest friends and and um you know was was a liaison to Metal Blade Records as well as uh you know helped get a few cool bands signed and were on he was on a lot of bands were on his radar. Uh one of the coolest things to go step back for a second is when you held up the Johnny Law record. And Brian yeah. got giddy about it. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, you could have done the same thing about 
about Will uh, and talk about Anchor Watt, you know, right, stuff like right. that. So, yeah, yeah, those Johnny are Paul, it, was, it was great having those guys on. Yeah, Johnny Law. For those who aren't familiar, is a, a band that was sort of, you know, they they I don't know where they would call home. They kind of they had roots in El Paso, and then they went to Atlanta to do the recording. But I think by and large, they were based out of Austin. They all ended up living in Austin. And they all became friends of myself and Jason. And so they were kind of uh, one of the hometown heroes that actually got signed and put out a record you could hold in your hand. And they did some pretty cool touring. And uh, But on the larger scale of commercial success, they, they really didn't uh, make a huge name for themselves. So when I pulled that record out and I showed it to Brian, he was like, oh, my God, somebody has that. And then he told us... Uh, some stories behind it. The record, by the way, was produced by a very young Brendan O'Brien. Yeah. Who ended up doing amazing things with Bruce Springsteen and the Black Crows and God, his roster. Yeah. Rick but, Rubin stuff. Yeah. 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 So DJ Will, uh, Brian Slagle, they were a lot of fun. Um, you know who else I enjoyed? Speaking of hometown boys, Paul I really, Lydell. Yeah. Paul Lydell for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you can't go wrong with Paul Lydell. No, of uh, course not. That was a recent episode. So uh, if you go to our website and and you won't have to dig back too far to find Paul, he's got a new project called Paul Lydell's Scream Therapy, uh, but he's probably uh, best known to a larger audience as the guitar player in uh, Dirty Looks and also in Jason's band, Dangerous Toys. And it was fun catching up with him. Uh, we see him all the time, but uh, he is kind of one of the unsung guitar heroes. And uh, I enjoyed having him on the show to talk a little about his past and his current project. But the guy I was going to mention as uh, a hometown boy done good, uh, I don't know that he's originally from here, but uh, we've known him for years and years and years as an Austin area guy. And that's John Moyer. Uh, yeah. Baseball for Disturbed. Yeah. Um, he was a great guest. Um, well, it, oh if God. I I want to press pause it, and I I just want to interrupt you. I should say, yeah, John Moyer, probably in the early two thousands, when he was in Soak. Yeah, I didn't really know him yet when he was in Soak, and then of course, <clears throat> you know, I started seeing him around and conversing with him and hanging and learning learning about him and watching him play. Uh, <clears throat> and we have history with our involvement with uh, the Union Underground. Right. But en enough about that. I, I, I've always thought that he's just a bad motherfucker. So there you go. Having him on just because he's a bad motherfucker is enough for me. But yes, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he's still killing it, but he, he's always been killing it. Yeah. Um, so to have him on here and hear his uh, knowledge and wisdom uh, was fun. Yeah. He had stories for days and he's another one of those guys that I appreciated. He let me poke and, and dig and, and he, he and he would come clean. I mean, he worked with uh, Scott Weiland. He worked with Scott Stapp, two guys that have been known in the industry to be difficult to work with. And John pulled no punches to his credit. He he admitted these guys were a pain in the ass to work with. Uh, so it was really interesting to hear him be so blunt and honest about it. 
Um, and then, of course, all of the other projects that he's been involved with uh, beyond Disturbed, which is one of the biggest metal bands on the planet and has right. been for years. So yeah. uh, they're props it. to John for, mm-hmm. for uh, being on the show and for just being a cool dude and a cool hang and being so honest. I, I really got two words that. for you. Yeah. Jarvis Leatherby. Yes. He's on my list. You know, I loved that episode. Tell, tell me about Jarvis Leatherby now. I, I, I have, I am proud, uh, patting myself on the back, proud to be able to introduce you to the world that is all Jarvis. Yes, as you should be. I really enjoyed that episode. And I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you and even more so, I've heard Sean Weingartner, our good buddy here in Austin, Texas, go on and on and on about this band Night Demon and this guy Jarvis Leatherby. And uh, it was one of those episodes, you know how, this is how it works, people. Sometimes Jason comes up with a name and I don't even know anything about this person and I do a little homework and I end up getting educated on the show. And then there's times I bring somebody to the table, I pitch it to Jason. He goes, I don't know squat about this person, but okay. And then he ends up learning something. And Just so everybody it. knows, that scenario happens more often than not. <laughs> well, I'm cool well, with it. I'm but cool I got, you know, we just got done talking about Slagle and DJ Will, and now we're on to Jarvis Leatherby. The, all three of those are to your They know club. each other. Yeah. Yeah. But Jarvis was one of these guys that I really enjoyed. Again, it kind of goes back to the whole Brian Slagle thing. Here's a guy that is so passionate about music that he not only plays it, he tries to move it forward in other ways. He has a record label. He produces records. He manages multiple bands. And he also gets in the van and does it himself with his bands. Um, I really enjoyed that guy. And as a, by association, I was exposed to the music of Night Demon and I really loved everything I heard about Night Demon. So if you're watching or listening and don't know anything about Night Demon, think, you know, early Maiden, early Priest, early, you know, that whole new wave of British heavy metal, the forerunner to what might be considered power metal, a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons type of stuff. And there you have Night Demon. And it's really well done. And Jarvis as a personality was just a super cool dude. I could see myself well, hanging out with him all night. He's also in the legendary Sirith Ungle. Yes. He's in the revamped version of Sirith Ungle. That's right. And by the a time legend, you... legendary band from California that was like Prague before, like not un, uh, not in, you know, in any way afraid to be different and be metal and weird at the same time. Right. Kind of pre, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you think heavy metal in 19, I don't know, 82 or whenever they, 81 or whenever they started. And it's not what's in the the picture that's in the dictionary. No. And if you watch the Brian Slagle episode, as well as hear Jarvis talk about it, it's, it was not, it, it took a while for them to, take off or get anything and at one point they even quit they stopped yeah. and then brian slagles talks about man he was i was going to some german festivals and there's all these people wearing wearing sirith ungle swag and i'm right. going wait a minute <laughs> what <laughs> you know and thanks to brian slagle i mean he introduced he helped introduce that band to the world well anyway uh, 
Jarvis is in the band as well as Night Demon. I first met Jarvis. It had to, so long ago. Uh, Night Demon was touring with uh, supporting Raven. Mm. And I saw them downtown Austin. It was uh, uh, at, uh, it was on Red River, Red 7. Oh, yeah. It was at that place. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't packed or anything. And uh, man, it was just, so great and raven hadn't been here in a long time so that was special for me but i i met some of the guys in night demon and i if i met jarvis it was like hey dude it wasn't like i didn't think he recognized you know there was no like i know that dude it was none of the, i didn't you know it was later on that we kind of connected so right cool to have him on great great guy people should should check that out yeah, and I'm glad you brought him up because I was going to bring him up if you didn't. Uh, but something that people can keep their uh, eyes and ears open for, Sirith Ungle is going on tour in 2024. So by the time you hear this episode, uh, there will be plans in the works to put that band on the road, and it's going to be their final tour. And I think they either already have or will have an album out to support it. So you're going to get one last crack at checking out Sirith Ungle in 2024 and Jarvis will be in the band. Yeah. Uh, helping to steer that ship. So we even got a glimpse into their rehearsal space when we had him on the episode. Remember that? He kind of yeah. took us on tour. He took the camera around and everything. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, um, I want to bring up uh, John Gallagher. Ah, so yeah. We just mentioned Raven because <laughs> they put out a new record. Mm-hmm. Uh, all hell's breaking loose. Yes, uh, which is superb. Uh, if you're a Raven fan and you like that kind of Raven, that's off the chain, just crazy athletic rock, uh, over the top, no holds barred, a little bit of everything, uh, thrown into the blender on Crush. The, you know the button that says Crush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they named that after Raven. Yeah, so Blenders didn't have the crush button until Raven came along. That's right. Oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> I love that episode too because John is just super cool and fun and, hell, and nonstop, uh, and can still sing crazy as shit like he did when he was a kid, and are one of the originators uh, of the new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, and friends with Jarvis Leatherby. Yeah. So all of this, you see where we're going to get our connections. We, we, we hold the crystal ball high and we shake it up and down. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's the magic eight ball. Never mind. One person leads to another person. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's all, it's incestuous, if you will. Uh, yeah. I've got, I've got plenty of names I can say, but I feel like I'm, I'm stepping on your toes. No, not at all. But I'll bring one up that I know meant a lot to you and how could it not? I'm You're reading had, my mind again, aren't you? I think so. You tell me, I was going to say Neil Smith. Uh, no, but that was really a badass episode. Yeah. I mentioned that episode to someone the other day. Um, because we were talking about, uh, songwriting. We were talking about, uh, who wrote what? Yeah. Oh, oh, I know what it was. I recently did a, uh, with Claudio Bergman, who is an artist who's been a guest on the show, Talk Louder before. Mm -hmm. 
great guy. Uh, he he does a thing with friends of his where we'll you'll talk about your top five album cover art, like mainly art and not necessarily the music. Right. Because he's of course, we, end, we end up talking about the music, but we talk, we start with the album cover and my top five were, um, were, uh, uh, not in any order, but Elton John, uh, Captain Fantastic, uh, Iron Maiden debut and Iron Maiden killers. Uh, and one of them also was uh, uh, Love It to Death. Mm, and yeah. I got to mention that the reason, you know, the, the picture on the back uh, kneels with a cane and sitting <laughs> down is because Alice shot him in the foot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to bring that up because thank you to the Talk Ladder podcast. It's educational. See? Yes, I've been trying to tell people. Yeah, Neil Smith, the original drummer for the Alice Cooper Band, was a great guest. I think we owe a shout of thanks to Paul Unger uh, yeah. for, for helping put that one together. Uh, but Neil, there's another one, you know, obviously a legendary figure. Uh, I mean, got to admit, it's like you get a little nervous going into some of these episodes when you're dealing with somebody of that stature because they, you know that they don't have to give you the time of day. And you also are a huge fan, so you don't want to be like stepped on by somebody that you admire so much. And he was perfect, man. Isn't I mean, it really cool that someone like Paul Unger, who's not a musician, he's a fan. Yeah. Isn't it really cool that a fan can just call up dudes in Alice Cooper's band and go, hey, man, you want to be on a podcast? These are my friends. And they'll be like, sure, Paul. Yeah. What kind of fan can do that? Oh, I got these dudes on speed dial. Just, hey, dude, are you playing golf? You know, right. That's pretty special. And it yeah. also says a lot about Paul Unger. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Paul. We really enjoyed. Uh, Neil was great. Full of stories. The one you just told about, because I always thought that that back photo of the Alice Cooper band on the back of the love it to death record where Neil is sitting in the center. He's the drummer and he's sitting in the center of the photo, which is typically the spot reserved for the singer. Neil is in the, in the center sitting on a, on a, a pedestal, a, a plexiglass pedestal yeah. of some mm -hmm. sort with a cane. And I always thought it was just for looks. Cause he looks so damn cool. He's the coolest looking guy on that photo and it was like, nope, Alice shot me in the foot during a drunken rabbit hunt. <laughs> yeah. So we learned that on the episode. Well, and, and you look at the many. photo closely, they're, for the most part, they're all wearing the same clothing that they're wearing on the front photo, the front cover of Love It to Death. They're all wearing the same glammed out clothing, right? Yeah. And Neil is standing. So, you know, I'm sure that he got tired and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I, I learned that a fashion photographer, I'm not going to remember his name, but he is credited. He took that, uh, he took that photograph, both of those photographs. And if you look at the front cover, I'm going off on, I'm such a nerd. The front cover is like a spotlight. And then the back cover, it's like the room is lit up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting uh, shadows going on in both photos, and it's obviously a different pose. Uh, but I love that album cover, and all of these things come to mind now when I think about the songs and I think about the cover, and I, yeah, all these yeah. things be, because of this because of Talk Louder. So 
Thank you, Talk Louder. Yeah, that's one of the byproducts of this, you know, you and I being such nerds and hopefully our audience walks away with the same thing, the same feelings. It's like, I've been listening to this record for years and I never knew that. That's awesome. Now I can never look at it the same way again. And that's awesome, you know. Right. By the way, Neil is wearing his cowboy boots in the photo where he's sitting down. He's got the leaning in on the cane and he's got his he's got his boots on. So however mangled and bloody his foot was <laughs> he was still cool enough and uh uh knew that he couldn't just go out there with a cast or or capizios or ballet shoes or comfortable slippers he put his fucking cowboy boots on yeah yeah and that's why we had him on the show uh kill smith goes west is the name of his that's latest right. album he has a sort of an alter ego character named Killsmith who yeah. does uh the 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 music is more country western influenced I don't want to totally put it in a pigeon yeah, it's kind of cowpunk a little bit or yeah you know, it's, it's a little of... garagey and cow yeah. cowboy like yeah. old school cowboy um so he was on to tell us a little bit about that which was interesting too and we also learned or maybe we already knew and had him elaborate a little bit. That's his pet snake on the front of the killer album. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's pretty cool. What is the name of the snake? The name of the snake? Cochina? Oh, I don't know. Uh, dang, I don't know. And if that's Spanish for something uh, X-rated, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why? But anyway, he was great, Neil Smith. And we also had Michael Bruce, guitarist from the original Alice Cooper band as well. Um, so thank you, Paul, for, uh, hooking Both us of those. up. Yeah. 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 Oh, Who so else? I yeah. was going to Gene Hoagland. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was going to Gene Hoagland. Yeah. I was going like to say, name is a, Luke, a squirrel, Gene Hoagland. <laughs> it's like he turned his name into a verb. I was going to, you Gene know what? Hoagland. His name should be a verb. We <laughs> should start a motion, petition right? to count Gene Hoagland as a verb. Yes. He was great too, man. What a nice guy. He's the best. We and got so much a, history. I'm pining for a part two, uh, Gene Hoagland, because so much stuff to talk about with that. Um, if you like thrash metal uh, and you, you know, not just thrash metal, but, you know, if you like Dark Angel and Slayer and the like, uh, you've got to spend some time and watch that episode because of the things that we get to talk about with him are legendary. I mean, there's mention of some of those items on his website. I'm sure it's been written about uh, publications, you know, interviews with Gene where he's spoken freely and open about all of those stories. He, he uh, was great and he doesn't mind telling that story for the thousandth time to us. Yeah. Tell us another one, Uncle Gene. You know, uh, I could, you know, we'll have the same interview again and he won't even mind. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because not only was he a great guest on the show, but he was a super hospitable host when he showed up here in Austin to play. Uh, death to all. Death to all. And uh, it was a tribute to death, of course, and uh, a band that Gene played in for for a certain period of time. But uh, Jason was kind enough to reach out to Gene, and Gene then invited me and my son to the show. My son is an aspiring uh, drummer, 
So Gene was kind enough to let my son watch him play from literally sitting at his feet on stage. And uh, I don't think my kid will ever forget that because he got to watch one of the masters closer than anyone could imagine ever seeing him work. You know, my son was taking videos. He was watching his hands and feet and just uh, and then Gene was kind enough to introduce my son to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And I like how Dash leaned over and like cheesed out. Hey, yeah. you know, that was yeah. the best. Uh, yeah. What a, what a moment. Yes. Thank you, Gene. Hoagland. Unforgettable Great memories. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another one that I have that was sort of uh, one that I didn't know if we were going to be able to pull in, and that was Rudy Sarzo. Yes. Yes. Rudy Sarzo was on our show. Let's just say his name 30 more times. Yeah. I mean, Rudy you can't say it enough. Rudy Sarzo. Absolute legend. Um, maybe one of the biggest names we've ever had on the show. I've never really taken roll call, but it certainly ranks high up in there. Uh, Rudy, of course, Quiet Riot, White Snake, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's band, and then uh, some time with uh, Dio and Blue Oyster Cult, and and uh, so he shared some time with us talking about um, uh, Quiet Riot had put out a single. Um, oh my God, the song, the title's going to escape me now, but there was a really heartfelt video. It was sort of a tribute to Kevin Dubrow and Frankie mm -hmm. Benali, uh, who are both no longer with us, unfortunately, but, uh, Rudy spent obviously a great deal of time with both of those guys. And, uh, so he was kind enough to come on the show and talk to us about his memories and friendship with those guys and of course, then the interview spun into Randy Rhodes and, and Ozzy Osbourne. And uh, I just couldn't believe we had him on the show. <laughs> As someone who grew up watching him on MTV in the early days of MTV, watching the whole Metal Health video and Come On, Feel the Noise. And then, uh, you know, watching the televised Ozzy Osbourne concert when he was in the band with Randy Rhodes. I couldn't believe he was on our show. Yeah, um, <clears throat> there might have been some some star strikes possibly yeah a starstruck jason and dave i wouldn't rule it out yeah. a little bit yeah <laughs> hey, how could you not i mean it happens it's pretty legendary it's rudy sarzo kind of started that guy has played with everyone if you turn on a white snake video and there's rudy sarzo wait what yeah yeah see <laughs> it's kind of a big deal yeah. Yeah. He's a huge deal. I mean, yeah. when you think about his uh his track record, the funny thing is he's on a bunch of albums. I won't say a bunch, but he's on a handful of key records uh that he didn't actually play on. He came in right when the records were completed. So he's not or, on the record. Right. That you but he joined think, the yeah. band is immediately afterward and did all the touring and was in all the videos and was in all the promotional posters and that sort of thing. And he's very open about that. He he yeah. doesn't try to keep any secrets and make you believe that well, he did, did well, so. He can play bass. Oh yeah. He can do that. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. He's good, yeah. but he may or may not be on the record you're holding in your hand that has his face on it. Correct. And yeah, I think, he, but you know, like you said, he was, it's interesting to hear him be, um, you know, humorous about that. Yeah. And okay with that. Yeah. 
uh, he's, he's consummate professional. Yeah, he's very comfortable with his position and and what he's done and yeah. and where he's been and and he'll talk openly about the things that he might be credited for that he didn't do. Right. And uh, you got to love that sort of honesty. I was just, as you said earlier, possibly a little starstruck to have Rudy Sarzo on the sure, man. podcast. Sure. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, a guess a- that we had that we got I got to give you credit for and people went crazy about this is you managed to get your old uh, bandmate, Billy White, the guitarist from Watchtower on this show. Yeah. And people were commenting like they haven't seen it was like a Sasquatch sighting or something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> seeing an alien or something because he's been yeah. low key for a long, long time and doesn't yeah. do a lot of press and, and doesn't do a lot of metal or hard rock anymore. But yeah, it's no secret that cool. our audience is, is more like, uh, you know, uh, heavy metal hit parader or something, you know, it's not, it's not very, uh, um, you, you, you don't, it's not, uh, we don't have pamphlets in the yoga section. <laughs> you, you know, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm saying, you know, it's not. You wouldn't find it in the the uh, breathing techniques by you know Buddhist priest, you know, book uh, section and borders, right? He should it's, do a cover band called Buddhist Priest. Well, it's probably <laughs> already been done. Probably has. Yeah. So, you, yeah, what would be the a, attire? You know. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? It's not. Would would it just? Would it sound like? Would you be singing like Rob Halford? Would you be throat singing like Tibetan monks? Yeah, I have no idea. But tell tell people where Billy is today in terms of his 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 uh, his personal life and his music and what he's doing. He's. I feel like he's more one note for a really long time, as opposed to a million notes in five seconds, which is what he's known for. Right. Right. Um, where he is, is, uh, he does retreats. He does, uh, he has classes. He is a priest. Uh, he is very chill and was, he's very enlightened and, you know, he's always kind of been this kind of special guy. And he's let, he always let me be me and I always let him be him. And that's why we've been able to be in touch. If you expect someone to be a certain way all the time, you might get heartbroken. Yeah. You see what, and that's, you know, that's something that you, that you learn as you go through life. That's that's a little bit of wisdom. I'm not calling myself wise. I'm letting you understand that if you have expectations of me, you might, not understand one day you might learn something about me that wait what you know because you didn't understand that i'm gonna be me i don't care what it's about you know you do you man anyway that's a thing and billy white's always been you could say odd you know but that's what makes it great yeah and he helped create a style of music because he was being him. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got so much feedback from that episode because yeah. people had just kind of given up on ever hearing from him again, because he does lead a much more quieter, 
a much more spiritual life than 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 in years past. He's certainly not playing the twiddly twiddly type stuff that he was doing with Watchtower. Uh, it is more. It's a more. It's a calmer, soother lifestyle for Billy White. Uh, but you were able to get him on the show and talk to us, and and he was great. And I love that people appreciated it because he has more fans out there than he might be aware. Like people he, were. He has no really idea. Surprised. Yeah, he has yeah. no idea. That's how humble and true to himself that he is. Yeah, he's very minimalistic. So. One of the things he talked to us about that that uh, maybe our broader audience would be more familiar with is, is after Watchtower, he played on Don Dawkins' solo album called Up From the Ashes. Mm -hmm. And that album uh, not only had Don Dawkins on vocals and Billy on guitar, but also had Mickey D on drums, Peter Baltas from Accept was the bass player, and John Norum from Europe was the other guitar player. Mm -hmm. And... I don't think that album got a lot of commercial fanfare, but if you ask Dokken fans, they all love it and swear by it. And if you ask music nerds and, and yeah. musician types, yeah. they all go on and on about the, the caliber of talent in that band. So yeah, uh, you might look out for that too. Billy White's all over that. Well, that was a, that was kind of a special uh, interview. I mean, I couldn't believe myself because he would have, he would have been, uh, I would, I would have been fine with him going, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to say no. And I, I would have been fine. Yeah. He said yes. And then he goes, sure, I'll do that. But I don't think I have anything really to talk about. I go, oh my God. <laughs> See, so he's kind of, and I'm not calling, I'm not name calling, but he was clueless. He's just unaware. He's unaware. Unaware is the right word. Thank you. Yeah. 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 He's unaware of his own impact. Yeah. And as you said, and, and as our listeners will know, Watchtower as a whole is often cited by, you know, the dream theaters of the world and, and, and the Voivods and even uh, Metallica as being one of these groundbreaking bands uh, where all the players were, were very, uh, uber talented and they managed to put together jagged pieces that made no sense and somehow made it work and billy was a prime reason for that so there's a lot of respect out there for not only billy but watchtower in general and maybe a little bit more curiosity around billy because he absolutely just disappeared <laughs> yeah i don't like to think that he disappeared i just think that his uh his motives uh, and what spotlights he decided that he deemed necessary were not necessary at all. Yeah. And so he is just being Billy White. And his name is like, even though he kind of ghosted, you know, his name, you say his name in a certain crowd and people turn and go, oh my God, did you, you know who Billy White is? Yeah. I was when I was doing those Armored Saint gigs and we were in uh, New Jersey, uh, Montclair, uh, and there was people hanging out, you know, uh, dressing room, Armored Saint, and, you know, Frank Bello was there. And, you know, there's a bunch of people coming in because, you know, they know Arm Armored Saint's a big surprise, right? 
Yeah. There's there a bunch of people there. So a bunch of people who like knew David Pritchard from the old, the original Armored Saint band, blah, blah, blah. There's people in there and they knew who I was and they start talking to me about Billy White. And I'm like, whoa, okay, wow, all right, sure, man. You know, I'll talk about Billy White. And it was just interesting being out of my uh, little pond, yeah, so to speak. I, I know that I feel weird saying that, but it, it's, it, you know, I go somewhere else where it's a big pond and I'm like feeling little because yeah. I'm like, I'm in, I'm just visiting. I'm, this ain't my house. You know what I mean? Right. And someone turns to me and wants to talk about my stuff and they bring up Billy Wyatt's, you know, that, that gives you kind of this like explosion of, uh, excitement that someone remembers and will never forget stuff right. like that. So that's kind of what I feel like in the interview with Billy, I, I tried to make him feel like you have no, you're unaware of the impact that you've created. I was holding up stuff. You drew this when you were a child, yeah. you know what I mean? And he's like, Oh my God, you have that. So, you know, whatever uh, yeah. it's, it's important. And, and one of those things I held up was the fucking watchtower album cover. You designed this dude. Yeah. People love this. People pay big money to just gander upon <laughs> this creation that you like, you know, wrote in like, you know, fart mist and crayon, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. I have a feeling you could tell Billy a thousand times how important he is, and it would just go right over his head. Yeah, he's not he's, the same. He's, he's not hung not, up on those types want, of things. No, that's not his world. So, yeah, 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 which is great. Yeah, well, he he was great, and and you know we we had a lot of great guests. I know we've touched on some of our favorites. Uh, I wanted to move on to a couple other topics. Yeah, unless you have another guest that you want to put the spotlight on. No, I'm I'm super happy with our last sort of run uh, over the past couple of months. Mark Lopes, I'm excited about, which w will have aired by the time this come. It's coming out next week, I believe. But uh, the the uh, current new ish he's the new guy in metal church yes and i uh, recently Singer. have have gotten to do some hanging with him and he was great to come on uh and he's just a super guy and so uh that was a good one this year um there's a bunch there's, yeah. there's many that yeah. i am extremely excited about and i'm i'm glad that we're that we're sitting here talking about the year that we had yay 2023 yeah so, Danny Lilker as well. Oh my God. Yeah. I, was, I meant to bring him up. Holy crap. That's like serious. That's a serious guest. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Lilker, man. What a, what a character he was. Uh, you know. No, he was often, real, dude. Yeah. And we often say someone was, you know, super chill. <laughs> I think Lilker takes the chill cake, man. But and not, was, a, not a, not, not. Uh, not here to make up shit. No, 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 heart, no. The heart is on his sleeve, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just as real as they get, and, and that's uh, that's scary for some people to not have any facade whatsoever. There's zero. He's exactly today as he was forty years ago. That's yeah, what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And he'll talk about the past, and he'll talk about the future, and uh, yeah. it was just that's just a great episode. 
Uh, yeah. Has that one hasn't? That one will be. By aired. the time people are listening to this, it will be out. So go back a couple episodes when you're yeah. after you're listening to this and check out the Danny Lilker episode. You, you know, you know what I think that that's really great is when when you do your thing and you announce, you know, we just had a conversation with, you know, whoever, Dan Lilker or Gene Hoagland or Billy White or whatever. And sometimes I'll go in and, and just it'll it'll be on my news feed and I'll and I'll see it and the, just the, the immediate comments like the episodes the episode hadn't even been fucking created yet. Yeah. And and you're just like blogging, you know, hey, we just had a thunder day, so be on the lookout for so and so, you know, and people are going, OMG. Next <laughs> one. Holy shit. Next Legend. one. Next one. No way. Or <laughs> <laughs> there are legend. You, we see that one quite often, you know, and that's that's always humbling. And well, and- my mind is blown just as much as the people that are in that thread. And yeah. sometimes I'll respond to go, dude, I know. Right. Exclamation yeah. point, question mark. I like, saw you like, comment on the like, Lilker episode. Like, wait, what? You know, yeah, <laughs> that's people are comment- actually writing that kind of shit. Right. And I and I love that. And and I saw you comment on the Lilker episode. I'm just as something. excited as the people who are going to be <laughs> excited when it comes out. You, I think you said it was uh, one of your, if not your favorite guest of the of the year. It was definitely in the top. It, you know? It's in the top because yeah. how real the guy was. He's a he's. I just you know it's it's stupid to be to say this so many times and overuse the word legend. Because yeah. I say it to his face, well, you know, via this this uh, media here, this medium here, um, he's the reason a lot of that exists. And what yeah. I what I mean by that quote that is crossover and thrash and dude, do I need to go down the shopping list that is Dan Loker? Nah, yeah, holy he- shit. I, I told him during the show, I mean, he is one of those guys who is an architect of the sound that we yeah. all know and love that yeah. came to be known in broader terms as thrash metal and even the big four and crossover and yeah. all that stuff that we love so much. It didn't exist before guys like Danny Lilker helped put it together and he's not alone and he knows he's not alone and we don't pretend that he is alone, but he was in on the ground level for sure. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. And he was a lot of fun. He was fun. He was fun. fun. Yeah. All right. I wanted to cover a couple more things. And one of them is, I don't know that we're going to have much to say on this, but I wanted to pick your brain anyway. So, 2023 saw the farewell of kiss a band that you and i have acknowledged more times than people care to listen to as being our gateway band the band that turned us into rock and roll lifers uh a tremendous yeah within arm's reach you've got the destroyer album how about that's that? one of my top five album covers that i had that episode recent i did with yeah that hang out i did with claudio yeah ken kelly that's, That's right. Did. Yeah. He also did Love Gun. You know what else he yeah. did that I did not know? He did uh, the Rainbow Rising cover. Oh, yeah. 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 
But anyway, so apparently Kiss is done touring as human beings. And and so I wanted to get your thoughts on number one. How do you feel about Ace and Peter not being on stage for that last show? And then number two, what are your thoughts on this whole Avatar thing going forward? Well, what I've seen of the Avatar, I'm just going to like just blindly dig into every uh, orifice of your question. Uh, The Avatar thing, from what I've seen just online, just clips and stuff, doesn't look cool. Mm. It does not look cool. I think that it's how long have they been working on that hologram idea, you know? Yeah. I think that it's a great idea to maybe make a cartoon movie and use what I've seen as they're calling avatars and that's going to be them. And I mean, it's still pumped in music. It's fake recorded tracks and you're just watching this video game creature of the four, you know, the demon, the star child, the spaceman and the cat man. Yeah. I don't think, you know, cause people are already confused and, I've seen a peep, a few people say, so where am I going to go to see this show? And they don't realize you're going to go to Madison Square Garden. Right. You're yeah. going to go to the Sphere. Yeah. Because that, I can see that in Las Vegas at the Sphere. You know, there won't be a stage. You'll just be sitting in that ball looking up at the ceiling with those with those video game characters of kiss just flying around with pumped in kiss music. And you know what? That sounds like a really cool Vegas attraction, but for it to be a touring hologram, I mean, Dio did it with a live band and then they had this sort of like area where Dio would pop up and it's a hologram. And then obviously they have a track of him singing and you know, the band's playing the music and it's lined up with, and it's a production that's been done, but that yeah. doesn't sound like the same thing, really. Right. I, yeah. The same haters that were hating on that Dio hologram, uh, I understand you're, you're feeling like you're getting ripped off in some, they think that that's a soulless thing, you know, to do that. Well, you should be the ones complaining about this about this kiss thing. I'm not even here to complain about it. I'm just saying it doesn't look that cool to me. I'd rather watch black and white winterland 1975 San Francisco on my TV at home. Right. Right. Because it's real dudes, you know, playing and just killing it and it's raw and punk rock and so over the top. Yeah. It's not, this is not over the top. Kiss is originally supposed to be over the top, and right. this is not over the top. Right. I, I'm is Scooby Doo going to come out? You know, that's see where my brain is. Yeah, yeah. I, I commented somewhere on social media on this topic, and and I basically said just what you said. Uh, like it or not, this thing is going to play arenas. And people yeah, are going to yeah, show yeah. up. Yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. that confirmed. I have no idea. I'm I'm just speculating, but I could see this touring as an arena attraction. And guess what? 
I can see people buying, you know, two hundred dollar tickets to go see it too, and yeah. I just don't get that, man. I don't well, get they it. They haven't really. They haven't really. I'm I'm uninformed, and I apologize. Nobody's uh, informed yet. Okay, that's fair. So yeah. listen, what if? Because I don't know. Is Kiss going to go make a new record, and then they're going to pump in that new record, and these cartoons are going to jump around and mime to the new record. You see what I'm trying to say? It could yeah. go that way. Are they yeah, going to go into the studio and record themselves playing live and then use that live and, you know, people, how y'all doing? You know, is he going to, is Paul going to do his thing? And right. then they're going to make the avatar move the mouth to what he's doing in the studio pre-recorded live. See, so could be kind of interesting on those in those lines but yeah uninformed I mean, is where we are right now so. yeah we're uninformed to be to be fair we yeah. have no idea what the future plans are uh but i i just gotta say you know honestly i wasn't that real i wasn't that interested in seeing the quote-unquote real kiss in the past 10 or 15 years so wow, why would i go see yeah. an avatar they yeah. don't really change up the set list that much. Um, I've just seen them so many times. Ticket prices are outrageous. Why would I go see an avatar of this band? And, and you know, but... Well, into the road tour, it seems like, and this goes back to part of your initial question, why wouldn't, didn't they just lease a bus and put Ace and Peter on it and have them walk out for Shout It Out Loud at the very end? Yeah. I mean, and pay them, pay and pay them to be there. Right. And right. come out and hug and do a bow. And that's it. And Ace and, and Peter and, a, and Ace and Peter probably wouldn't have even had to dress up and wear the makeup. Be comfortable. Be, be Ace Freely. Be Peter Chris. Come out and hang with us and just chill. We'll, you know, maybe do a Q&A in the lobby. Who knows? You know, something yeah. cool. Something cool. But and I think it would have, it would have, Kiss would have gone out in a more favorable light had they done that. And the people that were there would have had bragging rights on something huge. Well, they would have shat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they could call the Avatar band. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay, enough on Kiss, but well, I, I was just well, curious. Well, I can't. Because... Well, like, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm at being as uninformed dumbass as I am. But I'm. I like it that you there's, that you asked that you asked a real question. Yeah, and and you're not a dumbass. I don't think there's been a lot of public information yet, right. so we okay. really don't know. Well, um, and I and they've said farewell before. Right. Right. So they could do more gigs. Why don't they just play ten shows a year? Well, that's not off the table, from my understanding. I think the okay, big hubbub yeah. with this farewell end of the road thing is they were no longer going to do. It. And every band says this. They got to put the little asterisk next to it and say, hey, we never said we wouldn't play again. We just said we're not going to do the six month long tours and whatever. And I get all that, but just call it what it's going to be. OK, so anyway, I just I I know how much kiss means to me and you. And uh, supposedly this was the last big bow. Who knows? We've heard it before. And this whole avatar thing is a new concept. And uh, personally, from you know what I've seen and heard about it initially. I I I have no interest in all, but that's that's just me. 
I wanted to touch on That's a couple fair. of live shows before we close out. Uh, I wanted to give a shout to our buddy, uh, Bobby Rock, who hooked me up at the Pantera show in Austin in late August. Oh, my God, it was brutal hot. But I want to say I saw Pantera with Benanti and, and Zach, and I got to say it was a great time, man. I know there's been a lot of speculation or a lot of debate, rather, about this whole doing it without the Abbott brothers. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, but I will say that as far as, you know, two hours worth of entertainment and hearing those songs again and all their monstrous glory, it was awesome. And I had a great time. That was a standout gig for me this year. And I wanted to tip my hat to Bobby Rock for for making that happen. Yeah, Bobby's good people. And that's not a secret. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing, and I'll close with this. I saw a show the other night that may be the best thrash metal show I've seen in 35 years. And that is Fugitive. They go are, Dave, go Dave. Tell us all about it. Oh man. Fugitive, for those of you who don't know, is a band that was is led by a guitarist, Blake Ibanez, who was in the band Power Trip. They're from Texas. They're from the Dallas Fort Worth area. Power Trip was starting to make some waves. They had the respect of all their peers. They put out a couple of amazing records. Uh, go check out an album called Nightmare Logic and another one called uh, Manifest Decimation. And there's a couple EPs and, and a few other things that you can find by Power Trip. But you owe it to yourself if you love Metallica's Kill Em All. Uh, if you love uh, Seven you know, Churches by Possessed, Seven Churches by Possessed, Bonded by Blood by Exodus, uh, and then even some of the crossover punk stuff like Cro-Mags and stuff like that, mm -hmm. go check out Power Trip. Okay, so Power Trip, uh, I hate to be giving a history lesson here, but they weren't that well known when they came to an end. So just quick synopsis. They ceased to exist because their singer Riley Gale passed away, unfortunately. Uh, Fugitive, the band that I saw the other night, is Blake's new band. So it's Blake from Power Trip with uh, with some other guys in his group. And they were amazing, man. They kind of pick up right where Power Trip left off in terms of sound and energy. But they blew this place up, man. And Sounds I've like you're it. calling it, uh, we're doing a, you know, a quick wrap here. It's only the second week of, de of December, if even that. And I, I feel like you're saying this is, this is your show of the year. I think it is. My yeah, show I, I think year. that's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I, I think ass. it was the show of the year. Yes. And, and they, I mean, Fugitive to me is just the best band of that style of music to come around in a long time. And I said this previously about Power Trip. And I once Power Trip was done, I thought, oh man, it's a shame that didn't last longer because that's like lightning in a bottle. It might never come around again anytime soon. But because Blake is involved, it is coming around and it's back. And I've seen Fugitive, my son's seen him six times now in about three different cities. And I've seen them three times in a couple different cities, including their very first show in Dallas. Uh, we made a road trip to be there for that. And anyway, if you like, uh, like I said, early, early, early thrash metal, death metal, crossover punk, go check out Fugitive. They have, uh, they have a release out right now called Maniac. 
and it's amazing. And so the capper for the show that I saw was they build it as fugitive plus stick around for a special guest. So the underground started buzzing that it might be a power trip reunion of sorts, minus obviously the singer, Riley Gale. And indeed it was. So just after we all got our asses kicked and handed to us by Fugitive, here comes Power Trip. The first time, the first time that band has gotten back together on stage to play in front of a live audience, the place went absolutely ballistic. And I thought it was interesting that they did it in a city that wasn't their hometown. I'm in Austin. They did the show in Austin. They're from Dallas, Fort Worth. So the place was, I've never seen a crowd go that completely insane. They were jumping off the balconies. It was insane. And uh, props to Fugitive for keeping metal like that alive. And, I think and, when you, uh, you texted me after, after the fact and you were excited. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, uh, and, you know, the videos were already hitting my feed. And, and uh, my buddy Victor Guerrero was there and he's always posting He's uh, on YouTube. He's Montopolis Thrasher. So okay. you, I'm sure everybody has seen Victor's videos. He's at all. He he's possessed. Videos are out. He's he's goes to all of the the underground thrash metal sh- metal in general. Yeah. And uh, his videos are great. And he's just shooting them with his phone. As far as I know, he's shooting them with his phone. Uh, and I saw I saw some of his. Mm-hmm. And you were excited. And I think my response was, thank God this is still happening for, and, and, and that you have a teenage son who's into this crazy shit that we saw happen the first time around. Yes, exactly. And so this is, you know, and Blake's young too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's not, he's, he's not a teenager, but you know what I mean? Right. So right. the fact that this is still going on, you know, 40 years later, exactly. is, is, is it's, it's amazing. And yeah. I'm, I'm extremely uh, happy just uh, overall, just as a spectator standing outside, licking my wounds from when I was 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and, and the still second going side on. of your... Yeah. The the other side of the text that you sent back to me, your response was you you weren't only happy to know that this was out there and that it exists. You were proud that it was taking place in Texas by a yeah, Texas band. That's right. That's right. Yeah. A Texas band. Is... Texas band. Carrying the torch, leading the way. I'm telling you people, if Feeding you like that. that style of music, go check out Fugitive. They yeah. are the new kings of metal. And I loved every minute of the insanity. And I think, like you said, we're old enough. We got to see Metallica on their first couple of tours. And we got to yeah. see Slayer on their first couple of tours. Yeah. My yeah. son and people his age have never seen anything like that. That's so right. I was so thrilled to see an audience be that receptive and go that bonkers right. for that type of music. It's it kind of interesting. And I don't mean to just, you know, underline that we're old as fuck. But listen. <laughs> We were going to concerts before Metallica was a band. True. Yeah. And Blake so, and the guys in Fugitive yeah. are, are youngsters, man. Like you yeah. said, they're not teenagers, but I would say, you know, maybe early 30s, maybe. They yeah. certainly weren't around, you know, when Metallica. No, you know, they didn't see, 
you know, kill them all and ride the lightning tours like no, we did. No, yeah. But they did their homework and they studied hard. Of course, and they were out oh, there. they're they're killing it, and uh, they're they're, they're, they're obviously of the cloth. So yes, yes. So do you have anything twenty twenty three? And this will be our complete uh to complete our our twenty twenty three wrap up. Do you have any things, any moments, or cherished moments, or things that you're grateful for this year? Oh man, I mean. That's, of course you are. Of course you yeah, do. There's, yeah. There's plenty. I, yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, first and foremost is my family and my son. We, we had so many great musical moments, uh, this past year. Pantera was one of them. Fugitive was one of them. Uh, Gene Hoagland was, was one of them. Uh, yeah. so yeah, a lot of bonding over concerts and going to the record stores and just me listening to him play all the various instruments around the house. Uh, that's, that's gratifying to me. And if I'm honest, you know, uh, I've my circle of friends and this podcast. I mean, I look forward to this week after week. I mean, you know what we forgot to mention? Oh my God. Okay. Real quick. I gotta say, I gotta say rock and pod was a highlight of last year. That was last year. Yeah. Yes. 2023. Uh, no, podcast. it was, it was, oh, was it March? It was March of 2023. Yeah, you're right. It was, yeah. the, it was yeah. this year that we're talking about. Correct. March of 2023. And, uh, it was a podcast convention in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to give every, everybody the fast version of it. Jason and I were invited to set up a table and sell some merch and do some interviews. And we were one of the featured, uh, we were featured on the main stage interviewing Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister. That was Thank one you, Tyson Leslie, for suggesting Talk Louder to Chris Sisniak, if I said your name wrong, Chris. I'm sorry. Yes, Chris Chris and his crew, they were, they were great. They were great hosts. But Jason and I had an amazing time. We did a round of interviews. All of that is on our website, by the way. We did a whole series of interviews from Rock and Pod. Uh, we had Don Jameson, uh, we had Anthony Quarter from Tora Tora, Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sisters, Paul Steve Taylor, Rochelle, Stevie Rochelle from Tough, Paul Taylor, Tuck uh, Smith. Tuck Smith. Yeah. I mean, we had a we had a really good time. And yeah. the reason I came back Martin to Martin from Accept. Yes, Martin Motnick from Accept. Mm-hmm. And the reason I came back to Rock and Pod is because of the question you just asked me, what am I grateful for? One of the things I enjoyed the most out of going to Rock and Pod, and here's the here's the mushy part, folks, is I really enjoyed spending time with you, traveling with you, wow. bonding with you, hanging out with you, eating at PF Chang's with you. Did we, we we had a really cool time just being bros on the road. And I know you have those moments with your bandmates, but I don't play in a band and I'm not in one of your bands. So for me to get on a plane and go somewhere and and do our thing together. Uh, you know, and, and see each other in the lobby first thing in the morning with one eye open and your first cup of coffee. It was a really cool adventure and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. And you know, uh, Rick Slobel, if I'm saying his name wrong, sorry, our driver, Rick was the most, he was the host with the, with the most. Yes. And, uh, I see now he's on my feet and I see him, you know, doing his thing, being his, being his Rick self and awesome self. What a great dude that was. Yes. And we got to meet and hang with him. I have a feeling we'll see him again in the future. Yeah. 
I sure hope so. Yeah. Rockin' we'll, Pod's been postponed mm-hmm. until 2025, I think. Um, so I don't think we'll have an opportunity to go back in 2024. I think they are got big plans for 2025, and, and hopefully we'll get to do that again. Hope it, so. It was hope a blast. So. Yeah. Um, I am, if I may, I am grateful for my wife, Kate, and, um, and just pretty much everything you said, uh, my family, I've, you know, I got to see my brother, Joe, who's in the, he lives in Maui. He was in the Lahaina fires. He survived all that. And, and, uh, everybody who donated money to the GoFundMe, um, he and I and my family really, I mean, we could have fucking lost him. Yeah. So big hugs to my big brother, Joe, uh, who survived all that heinous bullshit over there and is thriving now. Yeah. Uh, that was, it was good to see him cause he just came for a recent visit and, uh, my brother, Randy, who's a survivor and the greatest, uh, father to my nephews ever. And, uh, he's, he's, he's got, he's got cancer, but you wouldn't know it. The guy's healthier than me, you know? (laughs) Uh, so it's kind of crazy. I I don't need to mean to make light of the situation, but, uh, it's important for you to know that he's, he's doing great. Yes. But you know, dude's going to chemo, you know, and it's fucking nuts. I can't believe it. So I'm grateful that, he's killing it and hanging in there. And, uh, my brother Mitch, of course, and, and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law who live in Vegas, everybody is, uh, is hanging in there and hanging tough. And, uh, uh, the probably as far as like things I've gotten to do this year, because I wore out that the fun year I had the year before I've, we've worn that out. Uh, the, um, were the, is the resurgence of, of watchtower. Yes. I have to say the rehearsals and the hanging with those guys and, and being on the road and we did keep it true in Germany. We did a reunion show in San Antonio, which is also just legendary upon its own. When you say San Antonio and watchtower in one sentence, it's kind of like, what? So, uh, that has happened so far, and we have more to come in, in uh, 2024. Uh, and by the time this episode airs on Talk Louder, uh, uh, we probably will have done the Austin show, which is January 5th at Come and Take It. And that would depend. I don't know. But I'm looking forward to that. In uh, all of that resurgence comes down to one spotlight and that is uh christian larson i think i'm saying his name right who is the big daddy at hell's heroes festival in houston he uh, that's his baby i think he was the one that contacted me initially and uh you know wanted watchtower to reform with me on vocals to play hell's heroes. And as soon as he, you know, we, we, we got together. I hadn't talked to some of these guys. I hadn't seen Doug in decades, you know, cause the last show that I performed with watchtower was in 2004. Yeah. I, I, we were supposed to do something in 2010, but it, it didn't work out with me. And they, they took Alan with them. Uh, that's fine. That's all funny and water under the bridge. But the point is, is 
I hadn't done this with those Watchtower boys in that long. So for Christian, I hand you this invisible trophy of thank you and gratitude and badassness. Here you go, Christian. Thank you for bringing it back to life for me so I can sing those badass songs again with, you know, people that uh, I helped create something phenomenal with uh, when I was a teenager, yeah. 40 years ago. Uh, so thank you, Christian. So that's, I'm thankful for that as well. Cause it's just crazy to think that it's, you know, something that you did when you were a child. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Lots of great memories in 2023 and a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. Uh, man, this, this has been fun. It's always fun reminiscing. I enjoy these year end, uh, conversations i hope our listeners enjoy it as well and as i said uh go check out our new redesigned website um, all of our previous episodes are there um it's up to 175 or so i don't know i can't keep track but the website looks great all of our previous episodes are there you can buy our merch there t-shirts and coffee mugs and uh we thank you for being with us for all these years uh going on three years now we appreciate it's weird to hear that I know yeah. it's so weird to say that all um, these years. Yeah. What? And maybe all these years isn't, you know, it's a, it's a relative concept, but Hey, yeah. if you would have told me three years ago that we'd be saying this three years later, I would have never believed it. So three years is all those years as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And we got a lot of gas in the tank. So 2024 is uh, underway and we got a lot of great guests lined up already. So we're going to continue. And, uh, on behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave, thanking you all for watching and listening to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast. 